You know what? I grabbed way too many ribs. Oh my god, that's this, so many ribs. I know. I just I I forget I'm so dainty. Um, <laughs> I already grabbed them. They really shouldn't go to waste. Do you want this plate of ribs? Go ahead and roll persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dungeon Busters, your Dungeons & Dragons actual play experiment. I'm Diego, a professional dungeon master and actor. And I'm Michael, an actor and role-playing addict. Each episode, we summon a special guest who helps us give your game inspiration one encounter at a time. We don't just play d and we, we put, put it, it to the, the test. All right, we are back again. Dungeon Busters United here. Uh, we got Michael in the studio, myself, Diego, as always, and our special guest, Nick Drusbanski. Oh, I've been summoned. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the table. Thanks, boys. Yeah. Diego, what are we, uh, what are we, what is our hypothesis? What are we busting today? Well, today we are taking a look at at uh actually before we get into that let's go at nick i'd love to know a little bit more about you great how what is your experience playing uh D? where are you coming from um i've been playing for a couple years my brother is the one who got me into it nice. um he is a little nerd from new york who um has got obsessed with D, like bought all the books but then He's a dancer so like mm. none of his dancer friends wanted to play dungeons and dragons <laughs> with him so he was like no one wants to play with me. So like one Christmas, he like ran a one shot with like mm -hmm. me, my sister and some other friends. And then he moved to Chicago during the pandemic and we started like getting a real campaign going. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah. Nice. A family since. that rolls dice together stays together. I, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. It's Are you family. in any campaigns right now? Not currently. Um, the one that my brother is running is like kind of on a hiatus and I'm hoping mm. that we can get back into it soon. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, thank we're busy you so boys. Much. Thanks mm. so much for being here. Of course. And I also want to say, um, cause I'm the first guest since the actual podcast has dropped. You so are I, I, like actually listen to it. And, um, Katie gave you a, her submission for a theme song. Oh yeah. yeah and I true. feel like it's only fair that I can give you mine as yeah, well. Be honored. All we right, really here we would. go. <clears throat> Dungeon Busters, Diego and Michael be busting those dungeons. Straight yeah. off the dome. So, nice. yeah. And we're going to start after. I humbly we're lay ask my guest for their yeah, intro. I humbly lay that at your that's feet. Pretty good. Do with I it mean, what you will. I mean, that's one of my top two. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the song, original Dungeon yeah. Buster songs that exist, I'll take this it. one is my. I'll take my, top two out of two. two. Yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, today we are taking a look at uh, the concept of charming your way in mm -hmm. to uh, mm -hmm. a location, somewhere where you might not be allowed to be or might not be uh, uh, important enough to be, uh, what have you. Uh, really kind of taking a look at how can characters get in somewhere without having to necessarily rely on uh, stealth and sneakiness. This is more of a yeah. uh, like kind of charisma and uh, social uh, test uh, of kind of you know talking your way in somewhere mm -hmm. have either of y'all ever been uh, in a campaign or in a situation where you've had to you know talk your way in yeah I it's so funny that this was my episode because 
um, the campaign that I that I play in, when I first started building the character, I just kind of thought like generally the kind of character I thought would be cool to play. So I, I play a druid who has no charisma. <laughs> um, he's like from the woods. He like helps animals. So I was like, he wouldn't be charismatic. Like he is, he doesn't interact with people a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then as I started playing, I realized that me as a person, my instinct is to uh, try to talk to people yeah. and try to engage you know, I was, so I was doing a lot of persuasion checks and stuff and just bombing because <laughs> I had a negative one to persuasion. Lord, so yeah. everyone hated me. Um, and so I realized like, oh, I, I should have thought as I was building my character, like, how am I going to try and solve problems? Mm-hmm. Um, and less like, you know, what I, because th- like, I, I'm not like a min maxer mm. by any means. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that that's like, you don't have to be that way to, to play, but like in terms of thinking about how I would want to instinctively solve a problem, I was like, oh, I fully screwed myself, myself yeah. over. That's funny. You really touch on like uh, the idea of like different player characters in a party having different uh, roles in, in the, in the game, right? Like mm. you, you came in wanting to on a really role play heavy concept, but then in actuality that didn't necessarily mesh well with the play yeah. style you were looking for in that game. Yeah. And then I just had to lean into the fact that I was just like really unlikable. <laughs> 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 just did not talk well to me. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I can't get past the way you look and feel. So. <laughs> I, just like, I didn't like that you were picking your nose. All right, sh- 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 shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> just, that, that was, yeah, that was my character. Yeah. That's funny. That's fun. I'm trying to, th- I feel like a lot of times the parties that I've been in uh, typically dissolve very quickly into violence in mm. the, these sorts of situations where it's like, okay, I'm going to charm the person. Okay, it doesn't work. Hit him, hit him, hit him. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. So I, I, I feel like, that that that's how most of those situations go. I'm trying to think of a a time where we really like actually charmed our way in, and I don't think we've ever done it successfully. For me, anytime I've either like played or DM, it usually gets as far as like you see two goblins like guarding uh-huh. the the entrance to a cave. Uh, you know, they haven't seen you yet. You're in the brush, and then like someone that's like seven feet tall is like, all right, I want to use my disguise kit smear some green on my face <laughs> and try to convince them that I'm the biggest goblin that I right. should be their king. And it's like, all right, you do that. <laughs> you walk up with a face smeared green. You're, you yeah. know. Yeah. I feel like these, though, those deception scenarios always <coughs> devolve so quickly into, because like, yeah, you can come in with a plan, but the second that it starts not working, yeah. like someone panics and goes, oh, this is my son. Come mm. on, son. Get out of here. What are yeah. you doing? And it's like you yeah. just like start going crazier and crazier. Yeah. Um, there was one time where we had to, in order to get something from this wizard, we had to settle their debt at this casino. Oh, that's a really good idea. Um, and really good. yeah, it was really fun. But I... We, we had talked a little bit beforehand about how we wanted to do it. And I was like, I think we should try like strong arming them and like intimidating them into, mm. into letting them, letting us settle their debt. And so we, we, we like had a meeting with the casino owner and I was like, all right, let's cut down to brass tacks here. And then one of the other players was like, Hey, whoa, whoa, let's be reasonable. <laughs> and I was like, 
what are you doing, man? <laughs> this was the plan. And yeah. then like it literally, literally like devolved into it was like a, a boat casino, mm-hmm. and it literally devolved into like us sinking the boat. Oh god, because it went so poorly. So I I do feel like like charming scenarios can so quickly well, get out of hand. It's tough when you have six people at the negotiating table, right. and it's like. No, no, no. This was the plan. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy for pl- everyone to be like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Or yeah, like, you're like, well, I have a plus six with my sword, yeah. so I'm just going to do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> people, it's hard to get the whole party's story straight. Like, right. people don't want to grin. At least, I feel like that's how it goes in, in like high stake situations. I feel like when like charming often works is like, oh, I want to get a discount on that awesome sword. Yeah. Or in the campaign I was recently playing, we made friends with some kobolds in this, uh, dungeon and they were kind of helping us scope it out uh but that's just because we were like nice to them so it was like a (laughs) persuasion check but it was like hey we're cool we won't hurt you if you don't hurt us anymore right um but it wasn't like we have to break into the high castle Mm -hmm. and you know have our disguises and backstories all figured out and like have our story straight i feel like that's like the high stakes element of it that can so quickly become unraveled. Totally. Right? And if you're going in like with spells, a lot of the times, like I know friendship, they know that you cast it on them yeah. after the spell wears mm-hmm. off. So it's yeah. like, it's so dicey to try and come in. Like, I feel like that's immediately what spells are blazing because then it's like, I went in and like, like in preparation for this one, I was, cause I y- y- obviously y'all knew that this was the, the concept going in, uh, and look, really looked into like all the like nuances of those spells. Because yeah, like charm person, I think friendship as well. Yeah. yeah, they know that the spell was cast on them, and like with an hour later, like after the spell wears off. Right. So that means I've heard a good good solutions to go around that is like either that means you got an hour to get in, get out, do whatever it is you need, or uh, you need to charm them and look like someone else. Right. So that way they think, oh, it was the gnome with the crooked nose who. Yeah, you know, c- yeah. cast this magic on me rather than you know the PC that they know you to be. Yeah, that is always. I feel like that's always been almost enough of a consequence that I'm like, I almost don't want to use it. it. It's yeah, like yeah. not worth it. Yeah. It's like I'd rather just try to persuade them. Yeah, without I, magic. Yeah, I feel like char- like using charm person or like suggestion or something is in social situations should be like a last resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you can just talk your way in, then, you you know, there's less consequences. It's of- also interesting, too, because, like, Charm Person, like, by the rules of the spell, like, it only lets you, like, convince someone that you're a friendly acquaintance. So there's this isn't, like, right. like th- think of someone in your life right now who is a friendly acquaintance <laughs> and how much, like... It's like you convince the the palace guard that you're a friendly acquaintance. All right, let me go see the king. Yeah, it's like yeah. no, he's not. Like, buddy, yeah, I, yeah. I like, like you. Hey, I'm not gonna acquaint- let, let me in your kitchen and yeah. let me have some of your food. And maybe right. that's about like scaling the level of the lie of like, oh, uh-huh. I forgot my ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you let me? Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. I just forgot it, man. Like you know how forgetful I can be, right? Or even say like, hey, man, can you go get it for me? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then now the door isn't guarded or whatever it is. Right. Uh, awesome. Well, or I, hey, can you let me see that list? And then you just pick out a random name. <laughs> <laughs> there I am, right there. I'm right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'm trying to think of like a good like uh, example of a friendly acquaintance to like fall back on, like in like media or culture or like my personal life. Like I guess the doorman at uh, our theater. 
I'd say that's a friendly oh, yeah, yeah. acquaintance. Very friendly. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he knows us. We chat with him. Uh, the theater that we work at, there's a doorman who works uh, works a door. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's, like, a good, like, barometer for, like, where a friendly acquaintance is. Yeah. Like, we've seen each other. We know each other. We chat. Yeah. You know, maybe I, like, I'd bring him, like, a cup of coffee, like, on my way in if he wanted one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but if, if I... I feel like I needed, like more information about the building he probably would give it to me yeah he wouldn't give me like a hundred bucks if i asked him yeah you know, right. or, or I. if i came in like brandishing a long sword he'd be like hey what's that yeah, yeah. you're like hey buddy <laughs> like yeah put it away awesome well I, this was a really great conversation i think we really hit on a lot of interesting points so why don't we go down to the dungeon busters lab and put this to the test oh my god we're in an elevator right now oh yeah. he's like shooting us down into the basement All right, so before we head into this scenario, I would love to know uh, the player characters gathered around the table today. So starting with our favorite guest here. I shouldn't say favorite guest, but... No, no, no. No, favorite guest, it's, yeah. Yep, that is I canon. Said, today's, today's favorite guest. Today's favorite <laughs> guest. <laughs> We're very impartial. <laughs> All right, laid on us. Yes, I am Cass A. Nova. Mm. That is my stage name. Uh, I am a human... Uh, I am uh, five levels of College of Eloquence Bard and three levels of Mastermind Rogue. <laughs> um, I yeah. basically look like Ma the actor Matt Berry. Mm -hmm. This is um, from what we do in the shadows. From what yeah. we do in the oh shadows. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the, I the, the IT the crowd. IT crowd yeah. uh, Toast of London. My good time boy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I look like Matt Berry, but I'm wearing like sort of like an Austin Powers, mm. like fr frock, like a light blue, uh, frock with like white fringy ascot and like cuffs and stuff. Yeah, um, definitely a, a man about town. I, I am a performer. I'm an Beautiful. entertainer. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I built this character to just be like a skill check machine. Sweet. So I'm hoping that I, I, I hoping I built like a fully broken character. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, nice. we're, we're going to bust it to the limits here. Uh, awesome. Michael, what would you bring to the lab today? Yeah, I'm playing a uh, Cali Himbro Bay Area of the Port of Angels Bay Areas. You might know my dad. He's uh, pretty uh, famous oh in the God. area, um, <laughs> but I am playing a high elf noble. Uh, I'm picturing uh, if, if you know the producer character from uh, Glow. Um, oh yeah, Bash. Yeah, yeah, Bash. Uh, mm -hmm. He's definitely got that vibe, but yeah. probably with the like douche nas uh, tw tweaked up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's a high elf noble, born into privilege. He's well aware of it, uh, and you know, not a very capable guy, uh, but <laughs> lots of charisma. So w when this you know weird abyssal creature was like. Hey man, I'll uh, give you some powers if you just like do what I want you to do every now and again. He was like, "Yeah, man, that sounds great." <laughs> so I am playing a level eight warlock, high elf noble. I did um, play a variant version instead of taking uh, a bonus to my intelligence. 
because uh, Callie Himbro is not intelligent. not intelligent. I went with charisma, <laughs> just like nice. leaning fully into, I hope I can talk my way out of this. I feel like your dad like produces my show. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's how we know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> business. Yeah. Business. But he sends, but he sends you to like come deal with me yeah. and do his dirty work. No, he says it's great, but, um, you need to sell more tickets is what, what he, what he told me, but I'm just the messenger. You want to grab a drink after this? Though? My dear boy. <laughs> I've, as I've said before, word of mouth can only do so much. Yeah, yeah, true. We that. need advertisements. Ah, uh, you know, the marketing coffers are a little low <laughs> lately. But um, yeah, and I, I picture him dressed in like, what is the fantasy equivalent of like a sports jacket with a graphic tee? <laughs> uh, I don't know That's what that funny. is exactly, but, but uh, that equivalent. Mm-hmm. I've come up in my own like personal games uh, with like a uh, some like fantasy streetwear brands. Uh, <laughs> Elvin Klein, Elvin Klein, one of them. yeah. Uh, Orc Jacobs. Oh, nice, oh, nice. Um, I had one more. I can't remember. Yeah, but I imagine he's like decked out in like whatever the Yeezys of yeah this fantasy setting yeah. are. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Dwarf Loren. Yo, Dwarf that's Loren. so good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. He's got it all. He's, He's got, got all. a little bit of all of it. Yeah. All right. Great. These are really fun characters. I'm very excited to put them to the test. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and find out what our scenario is here today. So a little backstory. The Mysterious Soprano is in town performing a concert at Esther Keep tonight. And everyone who's anyone will be in attendance. The pair of you, in order to win over a snubbed noble... Uh, you have to secure an autograph from the soprano before she sets off again at dawn for her next uh, uh, concert destination. But neither you nor the noble that you are in the patronage of have an invitation. So getting into the keep will be a challenge on its own, not to mention penetrating deep enough to get some face time with the uh, mysterious musician known as the soprano. All right. And so on this day, we'll stream in here. A stream of gilded carriages congests the cobblestone path from the doors of Count Esther's magnificent keep out through the large gates and down the dusty country road. Gaudily dressed highborn ladies and impeccably manicured aristocrats are announced by name and title as they exit their carriage and ascend the grand stairs to the front door. A black-clad duo at the entryway take inventory of each of the guests' handwritten invitations before opening oaken doors that let out a taste of the revelry within. A flustered footman clad in house colors tries to direct a confused ale merchant away from the main entrance and down a gravelly road that curves towards the back of the estate. Private guards stationed throughout the grounds help keep order as the invitees stream in. So you guys are kind of outside of the grounds right now just seeing these carriages streaming in, dropping off their uh, their wealthy patrons. What would y'all like to do? So these invitations, you said they're handwritten. Yes. So like, if, even if we were to acquire one, would we then have to like disguise ourselves as the receiver of the invitation? Or if we get a ticket, like then we were in. It depends. I don't know. It depends ah. how the dice go. It depends what you what, how you talk. <laughs> What you, what you what your character decides to do in the moment. I will say I I think I forget which I think it was a feature of tools or whatever your forger's tools. Forger, yeah, if you're yeah. proficient in forger's tools, you would be able to uh, maybe secure your own. Um, but yeah, I've actually, neither of you have mastermind that, rogue. I actually might have. You might let me let let's let's check kit. in. 
<clears throat> I do love the Rogue Mastermind subclasses. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like you are proficient in dice set, disguise kit, drum, lute, musical instruments, thieves tools, viol, uh, or I guess that's an instrument, a disguise kit, and a forgery kit. Yes. Oh, okay, hell yeah. Forgery okay. kit, yeah. So if you, can get your, if you can get your eyes on a letter, I believe with a forgery kit proficiency, you can, like, look at the letter and uh, make your own, but... You don't have it. You don't have an invitation. Neither one of you do. Callie, okay. my son, you you yeah. secured the invitations to tonight's event. Yes. Um, you see, um, I asked my dad for tickets, yes. and he was like, "Um, figure it out." And I was like, "But well, I'm trying to figure it out, but you won't give me tickets." And he was like, "No, that's what I want you to figure out on your own." And uh, then you and then you figured it out, correct? Yeah, and then I came here and was like. Are we doing this thing? So we're currently in the figure it out stage we're, of your yeah. plan. Yeah. I was thinking we'd figure it out as like a team. You know? Absolutely useless. Yeah. You're absolutely useless to me. All right. I see two courses of action here. All right. We could pretend that we are uh, valets mm. and meet uh, a carriage nearby the theater. Yeah. Um, and... Mug the people <laughs> in the carriage. Is the violence is, is not a course of action I wish to take tonight? Is the carriage like there's a whole line of them, right? Yeah, so they're kind of like bumper to bumper, almost coming down like this long country road, turning right uh, past these like opulent gates, going through like uh, circling like uh, in like the roundabout that's like in the front of it, and uh -huh. kind of coming back yeah. out again. Some of them are being redirected to some like on ground stables. You do see like you uh, the that there are some merchants that have gotten confused and are trying to go in through like the front, but they're being redirected by footmen towards a gravel path around the back. Okay. So I could I could use my disguise kit to look like a valet and yeah. then be like, we're redirecting I think, carriages. I think you Let should just, see your invitation. Yeah, I think you should just say, get your invitations out. Be ready to show them at the door. Okay, um, so I would like to, using my disguise kit, engage in a Sherlock Holmes-style uh, montage of changing into a valet, like from the Guy Ritchie uh, Sherlock Holmes movies where... Robert Downey Jr. is like walking down the street, grabbing people's hats and like, yeah. you know, yeah. grabbing some soot and putting it on his face and like doing all this stuff to make him look different. Um, Callie Hambro would definitely assist by like trying to talk people up of like, oh, we definitely need that top hat. So let me like talk to somebody <laughs> and be try to like distract them to uh, make yeah. it easier for you to grab their clothing. Amazing, yeah. So, is there? A, do you want me to do like a, a disguise kit check? Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, are y'all like kind of just walking up out of the woods to like a carriage, or like, uh, I guess for the disguise kit check, actually, let me see here. Go ahead and roll a charisma based. Yeah, charisma best based disguise kit. That is a natural one. <laughs> okay. Ouch. Um, but it is plus seven, uh, but it's a natural one. Comes so. out to an eight overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are uh, kind of start off, starting off with just your own clothes. You kind of just grab, like, your overcoat and just put it over your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a bit of a hunch uh, and kind of, yeah, you, that's that's the disguise all you're right, working I'll, I'll with, with I'll, what you have. All right, I'll, I'll hunch it up and I'll, I'll approach a, um, a carriage and be like, Oi! Oi, we're checking invitations. Let me see your invitation, please. Uh, this, you see the valet that's like uh, uh, that has the the reins on the horses for this carriage. Uh, seems a bit startled, uh, and he says, "Oh, 
Sorry, uh, am I at the at the wrong entrance? We were told to come pull up around the front. We're starting to get backed up, so we're we're initiating a new checkpoint here. So now we're check we're checking the invitations, and then and then we're gonna send you down a different way. Uh, go ahead and roll deception. That's twenty five. Oh, uh, yes, at once, sir. Uh, and he he kind of like. Oh, for a moment, like glances over like your weird dress, <laughs> uh, but the 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 professionalism of the circumstance uh, compels him to reach into his uh, coat pocket and pull out two invitations. Cool. So I would like to study these. I guess for I think I need like a, a full minute. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna literally read each invitation out loud, perfect, <laughs> as slowly as I can. <laughs> yeah, like your honored guest, we hereby invite you to hold on one second. I just gotta make sure these are legit. Yeah, Kelly and- Hambro is like behind a tree, jotting down everything that he hears. Okay, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you recite through the uh, entire letter, uh, and uh, the valet uh, speaks up and says, "Great." Um, if everything checks out, uh, where, where would you like to pull up to? Uh, you know what? Actually, I think this line's starting to move now, so you can just stay in this line. Stay in this line. Yep, yep. You're good. You're good. Just stay in this line, uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm moving on now. Okay, bye. Great, awesome. Uh, and uh, having read the letter, uh, you know them to be addressed addressed to the Percival Estate, uh, and 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 uh, specifically addressed to uh, Lord Thomas Percival. All right, so so these are individually addressed invitations. No, no, no. The, both of them was ju- were just addressed to, like, you get, like, a plus one type of thing. Oh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's addressed to the house, like, house Percival, and whoever presents that, you know, is presumably on behalf of... Okay, great. So I would like yeah. to um, forge... So basically, we have to forge this house Percival invitation and then beat them to the front. <laughs> um, yeah. Or we could make up a... a a new name, but then we would risk not being on the list. On We'd the, have to think of a name that would be on the list, which we could. Could I do try to do, or we could try. I mean, we can try to beat them. Could I do maybe like a history check or something to yeah. see if I could think of a name that would be on the list? I, I don't know if that would. I don't know if that would make sense. Yeah, like trying to guess yeah. a name that would be on a list <laughs> that you do not know about. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just try and, and beat the Percivals to the punch. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, the way you guys have been kind of stationed out there, and uh, the Percival carriage. Yeah, uh, they've been just kind of. They're about to start rounding the bend into the into past the gate, but they've been waiting there for like probably like ten minutes or so. Okay. So it's been like slow going. It's slow going. You have time. Um, yeah, and, and there are other uh, some guests that have uh, traveled uh, on foot. Not many, but it's mostly carriage and horse. Right. Um, but you know, they um, don't have cars, so walking is a normal way of getting around. So okay, so then I'm gonna I am gonna forge uh, this invitation. Great, right. awesome. Uh, go ahead and roll. I don't know. I'm thinking either intelligence or wisdom. Do you have a preference? Wisdom. Great. Can I roll with advantage since he wrote down the yes? Dope. Yes. 13. 13. All right. With a 13, you kind of uh, uh, look down at your letter. The penmanship is impeccable. You know, the seal that you managed to recreate uh, was uh, was finely done as well. You have uh, an invitation now addressed to uh, the Percival estate uh, in your possession. Don't tell anyone that you saw this. Saw what? Exactly. Good plan. Um, cool. So I, I remove my my hunchback disguise <laughs> and I'm in my fine 
Oh my god, where did you come from? Powder blue. It was me the whole time. You understand that, correct? Oh, I thought it was Jerry. Or Gosh, I'm a greater actor than even I can understand. <laughs> And in terms of the weapons that you have with you, um, obviously, you know, if you're carrying like a, like a broadsword, for example, it's gonna stick out. What are what are y'all doing in terms of these webs? Um, okay, I have a rapier. I think with my garb, I think yeah. it would look sort of presentational. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so I just have like a, a hilted uh, rapier. Perfect. Okay. Uh, I do have uh, some daggers on my belt. And then uh, I have a quarter staff, which I really picture as more of a cane nice. that I walk around Hell with. Yeah. So just like a, a big, perfect, uh, yeah, cane with a nice. Big and what was the other top. one you said? Uh, some daggers. Some daggers. Okay, cool. Nice and tiny. So yeah, easily hideable. Uh, you don't uh, stick out too much in this. Like obviously, there are some people who have like much finer clothing than you that you've seen, kind of walking in and out. But uh, all in all, yeah, like you look like a. Uh, folks that are are dressed for the occasion at the very least Dope. great uh what would y'all like to do y'all would it be weird if we just like walked straight up to the like that we're not in a carriage we gotta act like we're we're supposed to be here i think we walk I think straight that's, up yeah, we confidence strut. is key yeah i think we strut yes we great. we strut up like we're just a couple of locals yeah. amazing yeah y'all strut straight past uh the percival uh carriage you uh See, kind of the 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 the, the horse dude kind of is like a like just kind of steady on the reins, uh, waiting to creep up in the line, and I'll just kind of walk. As, yeah, as we pass the Percival carriage, I like give them like a big nod and a wink, like "Good to see you." <laughs> he like looks up and like points at the. It's like good, good, good on the invites. Oh, I, I, but I'm but I'm I'm not the hunchback. Oh now, yeah, so yeah, you're like, not the hunchback hey, anymore. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? Good to see you. Yeah, awesome, perfect. <laughs> you're you're striding in with confidence, uh, and you walk up uh, straight to where the the a carriage has just pulled away from the valet at the bottom, uh, and he kind of looks you up and down uh, and says, "And who should I be introducing?" Lord Cass A. Nova, uh, we are here on behalf of the uh, Percival Estate. Ah. Um, they sent us in their stead. They couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately. Wonderful. And your companion? I'd be uh, Calihimbro Bearia mm. of the Port of Angels Bearias. Introducing Calihimbro Bearia of the Port of Angels Bearias and Cass A. Nova. On behalf of the Percival Estate. Stop, stop. Oh, please, please. Stop. No one's clapping, but I'm like, oh, please, please. Stop, stop. Thank you. Thank I you very start much. clapping. Oh, thank you. Please. Uh, yeah, and then uh, he like kind of just easily motions you to uh, walk up to the door, uh, at which point you do see the two, um, two people clad in black. One of them is a half-elf with short-cropped orange hair. The other is a human. You can see that he has some burns peeking out of his like black gloves oh. uh, and tattoos coming up on his neck. They've just finished uh, checking the invitations for uh, a gaggle of young aristocrats and have uh, entered them into the party. Uh, they look to you next and, and motion with their finger like, you guys are up. Uh, we supply our, our invitations. Awesome. Yeah, you hand over the invitations uh, to the half-elf uh, who takes them. Uh, looks them over. My fingers twitch, ready to cast friends. <laughs> and with an 11 on his intelligence check, uh, he kind of looks it over and says, huh, all right, uh, come on in. Welcome to the party, gentlemen. Uh, and admits you uh, past the oaken doors into the grand ballroom here. 
Silver and orange banners billow in the cavernous chamber where the invited revelers dance and twirl around floating bottles of wine and tables of sprawling food. The string quartet bows after their ballad ends and begin tuning their instruments. A line of guards stands shoulder to shoulder at the base of the grand stairs to prevent guests from wandering upstairs to the castle's private quarters. A waving red journal parts the line of guards as a half-elf leads a giddy young footman bearing a plate of ribs past the line of guards and up the stairs. As the musicians launch into a lively tune, you notice that the crowd around you has begun to pair off as another round of dancing begins and you are both awkwardly isolated in the middle of the dance hall. Uh, What would you all like to do? So our goal is to... Uh, get access to the soprano mm-hmm. and get an get a, an autograph from an her. autograph, correct? Okay. Um, can I do like a perception check on the um, the upstairs area? See if I can surmise like where if if I think that like that's where her dressing room would be. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, roll perception. That's a 14. 14, yeah. Looking around, uh, you're kind of in the middle of everyone dancing right now, avoiding kind of swinging arms and twirling people uh, from bumping into you. And you it's you can't really, like, see, like, down the hallway or anything. It's just kind of like, imagine, like, the Titanic, the stairs go up and they, like, split okay, both great. ways. Um, but you notice that there's no one up there. Uh, like, every now and then uh, you'll see, like, someone trying to get through and the guards are just, like, holding still, like, holding down the line. You only saw them part for the half-elf with the red journal as she was escorting one of the footmen with a platter of uh, ribs. So this uh, half-elf with the red journal, Mm -hmm. uh, I I assume that she looks rather important. Yeah, She wasn't carrying the plate of ribs, She wasn't. She had a a red journal in her hand and she kind of, like, plucked one of the one of the footmen uh, with food uh, and was and just kind of led him through the line of guards the guards like didn't even like talk to her they just like parted they just, ways they knew her immediately um, I would like to sort of dance shuffle my way within 10 feet of them uh, please roll a performance check uh, the DC is reduced to five if you have the noble background however I do have the hey. noble background yeah. yes. That's going to be a 21. 21, yeah. yeah I you, know the noble steps. <laughs> you effortlessly switch from like a, like a waltz to a trot, and you spin and swirl. You kind of like switch dance partners all the way through <laughs> as you shimmy across uh, across the dance hall. You leave like a, a 60-year-old woman like twirling like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, she's like blushing yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Her pearls. And I'm going to glance over at the uh, two guards there, and I'm going to cast Out of the Hat. What is that? Uh, that is a cantrip. Uh, that, so I want to get within 10 feet of them. Uh, when you're, oh, I have to talk to them. Okay. So maybe I will go and talk to them. Because I have to do that. And this is one of the spells from Underground Oracle. Uh, this is one of their uh, homebrew third-party publisher for folks who uh, may, may not be familiar with oh, this spell. Yeah. Very cool. It says, when you're asked for a password, name, or number, you may attempt to pull it from the inter- interrogating creature's mind. The target creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, or you immediately pull the small bit of information from their head as though you already knew it. So I think I want to go up and be like, Hey, I need to talk to um, the the woman, the half elf who just passed with the red Ooh, uh, book. Yeah, uh, and I just saw them pass in here. Can I? I just need to talk to them. And as I'm saying it, I want to I want to cast that and see if I can 
pick up like if they know her name. All right, let's see here. If that uh, falls under the, uh, it is only a, a an eleven for the save DC because I'm All not right. that wise. Let's see. Um, can I help out by using, and this is a bonus action, unsettling words. Um, I can use one of my bardic inspirations and choose a creature I can see within 60 feet of me um, and roll an inspiration die, and that creature subtracts that number from their saving throw. Amazing. Yeah, you, it is a big hall, and you guys were kind of at the at the mouth of it when he danced his way yeah. through. Mm-hmm. Give me a performance dance check to see if you can get close enough in time. Happily. Happily. Born for this. Oh, gosh. I am rolling so badly. Okay, that's an eight plus seven is 15. 15, yeah. With a 15, okay, you are able, like, you, you maybe you, you haven't been dancing these same steps like uh, Kelly Himbro uh-huh. has been his entire noble life, but you, like, he, pick up on it. I, I like, he, he's, like, dancing through, through, like, dancing with people, and I'm, like, bumping into every person that he, <laughs> that he dances with. Like, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Yep. So sorry. With a 15, though, you succeed, and by the end, every Everyone is doing your weird bumpy dance <laughs> like it has like spread through the this dance hall now. I somehow stumbled upon the thriller like <laughs> <laughs> someone kind of like el- uh, elbows you as, as you're like walking by it's like what do you call this dance sir I call it the Nova. Uh-uh. Everybody do the Nova. And yeah, you are my, able. My skills consistently impress me. <laughs> you are able to get right. uh, so I am going. There. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, that's a six. So they have to subtract six from their saving throw. Amazing. Let me go. And what kind of saving throw was it again? It's a wisdom save. Wiz save. Scar rolled a five. Yes. yes. Uh, and he. Pull that name. Uh, and he's like, uh, he, you're like, oh, what's the name? What's the name? Uh, and he just finishes the thought for you. Alessandra. Alessandra. Yeah. I have to t- speak to Alessandra right away. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I'm under strict orders from the count uh, to only admit uh, Alessandra and uh, you know anything else that the performers might need before the. But rest assured, there yeah. the, the performance will begin in about uh, well, thirty minutes. I'm getting something for the performers. Alessandra told me to get it. I mean, if you want to deal with her, uh, that's fine. You but... can see he's kind of like getting like a little like little antsy. Go ahead and roll persuasion. Mm-hmm. If I if I intervene in some way, can I give him the help action? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you like, kind of pull up and, and wanna... yeah, I'm I'm just going to like I'm going to sort of pass him and uh, be like, what's the soprano's name? Or do we not the know? Soprano. Oh, just the soprano. That's her. That's, okay. that's I, I'm just going to sort of do like a quick pass and be like, Callie, the soprano needs that thing now. Perfect. Uh, it's going to be a, a 15 plus 7 is 22 with advantage. I'm, I'm going to take the 22. <laughs> 22, amazing. With the 22, the guard is still like, I don't know. I I was really only told I'm only supposed to let folks through if it's Alessandra or, you know, someone with food. And, I mean, I, the, count, the Count Esther can see me from here. I, I appreciate that you all may be trying to help, but I have to stick with the orders that I have right now. This is all. This is all I can really do. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to cast. I'm trying to look at my gift of gab. When you cast a spell, you skillfully reshape the memories of listeners in your immediate area, so that each creature of your choice within five feet of you uh, forgets everything you said within the last. So I'm going to come back up and be like, "We don't. We no longer require your service. Thank you, Sutton. 
And as I do that, I'm going to cast Gift of Gab and have these, the guards forget that we had this exchange. Oh, great. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like a, like, a, like a mind wipe type of thing. Yeah, so each creature of your choice within five feet of you forgets everything you said within the last six seconds. <laughs> oh, I don't know. What would you allow? I'll, I'll, I'll say he'll, he'll forget uh, the extra ask that, like, he'll forget that he told you what his orders were. Okay. Okay, great. So, we still, which might still help because yeah. we could go grab food or we could yeah, I think potentially we, we, still yeah. have it. We don't, we don't want them to here. be like alerted to us trying to pass through. Yeah, you can see the guard kind of like eases back in, like shifts his feet yeah. uh, and kind of re- uh, resumes his, his uh, guardian position. Now, I do have disguised self. I could. I, I also um, have a little friend I can summon. Maybe I could. Summon and toss past the guards. I don't know if I can do that discreetly. At least to like scope out. Is this a sexual thing you're talking about now, or is this <laughs> what, what are we discussing here? No, it's never Your been little sexual friend? before. No. What, what what is this? Um, but well, I'll sort of walk into a uh, more hidden section of the room. Yeah, go ahead and are you trying to hide? Yeah, I would say maybe tuck away just from the like, like a behind crowd a plant or like yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Go ahead and roll a, a stealth check if you're if you're taking uh, Cass along with you. Yeah, you Cass, you can try well. and hide as well. Eighteen, eighteen, cool. an eight. Wow, my rolls are. I I literally thought I had built a broken character, but I guess when the dice. The dice decree don't it. care yeah. about broken characters. And what what uh what was what did you get? I got an eight. An eight. Well, as a pair, whenever there's a group one, uh, it, it, it falls to the majority. I'd say with the split down the middle. What is that? Like uh, is that like a nine? Yeah. Like, uh, no, no, no. Between, halfway between an eight and 18 would be... As you're as uh, as Cali Himbro is getting into uh, into like a, just like ducking behind a plant or whatever, uh, you try to follow by, but you have just like kind of like barreled your way through straight through the <laughs> yes, dance everyone, floor. Yes, everyone, continue doing the Nova. Fantastic work. <laughs> you are quite hidden. Okay, Cass, you you you're kind of like it, it, the very obvious person in front of the hiding That's spot. That's because I like I have my like, cape open. Exactly, Very, exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're um, Ka- Callie Himbro, you are hidden. Cass, you are, you've drawn attention uh, right. now that you've started a dance and <laughs> barreled your way through the dance floor. <laughs> okay. Oh. So I was going to cast Find Familiar, but it does take an hour. So maybe I will Soprano won't do is that. performing in 30 minutes. Yeah, so the, we're not going to do that. Cass, as you're kind of leaning up against there, you're seeing uh, everyone's out there doing the Nova again. Um, and you're also kind of seeing like the guards are have been standing steady. They, uh, some of them are, are casting an occasional look at you since uh, you caused a bit of a disturbance earlier. But um, soon there's like another wave of servants that comes out from the stairs. Uh, they come upstairs into the main into this main dance hall with fresh flat platters of food, replenishing the the floating wine bottles that are kind of going around and serving whoever puts their cup the nearest. You see that all those things are being kind of like switched out and whatnot. Like have this other like round of food is coming out from uh, servants who are coming upstairs into this. Do we see the, um, what was her name? The red journaled woman? No, she has, you have not seen her or the uh, the ballet with the ribs since uh, she went up. So we make our way to the kitchens and try to get food? Yes, we could disguise ourselves as servers. Um, I was hoping that I could 
catch sight of that woman again so that I could cast detect thoughts on her. Mm. Um, but in lieu of that, do you are you able to disguise yourself? I actually am. Yes. Passersby think that Cass is just talking to this tree right now. <laughs> I, I, God, I am so fucked up right now. <laughs> um, that or, that or, one's uh, hit the elvish hail too hardly. Uh, it seems like this is the only way sort of back to the um, where, where we would find the performer that we're looking for, right? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously it's a keep, right? There's myriad of ways to to get through. I'm sure there's you know some like ways for servants to get around without being seen as well. Uh, this is obviously you know when you set up a party, you mm. try to keep people within the bounds where you've like kind of set it up. So this isn't like a party where the whole cat keeps been open to their guests. They seem to be kind of corralled in this, yeah, uh, in this in this spot here with with where the food and the drink and the and the mm. musicians are. Uh, I want to. What? Okay, we're here to we're here to dungeon bust charm person. So I yeah. think I think we whip it out. Let's do it. But first, I want to try and forge a meet and greet add on okay. to the invitation. Ooh, a pre-show <laughs> meet and greet. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll. Uh, <laughs> Roll, uh, I guess, another wisdom. Since you've already seen okay, this, uh, you're kind of, one, going off freehand, but all at the same time, like, squeezing it in. So I'd say if you get higher than 10 on your uh, on your, um, okay. on your tool check. Go. Let's see. Wisdom check. 11 plus 4 is 15. 15. Yes. All right. Yeah, with a 15, you, like, manage to, like, kind of put, you know how, like, when you write happy birthday and you don't plan out <laughs> well enough and it, like, it's like, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. You've managed to, like, space out the lettering, like, perfectly. Like, it, 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 it maybe might not be the way that it would have been designed, but it looks like it's meant to be there. And you've added a uh, 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 plus two, like, uh, meet and greet, right? Meet and greet. Okay. A two-person meet and greet. I am going to approach the guards with my invitation in hand. And, um, gosh, should we disguise ourselves first? Or do we just go in as ourselves? I think we just go in as ourselves. We've already talked to them. They already know that we need to get back there. Or they know that I need to get back there. That's why I'm wondering if we should disguise ourselves. Because because we're now yeah. we're now we're now all they've forgotten is that you they told you what their orders are they still remember that first part of the conversation yeah. where you where I still need to talk to yeah where you're like I I need to get through and give Alessandra this let's disguise ourselves as those like younger uh, um, aristocrats that he mentioned yeah. earlier okay as like we're we're her biggest fan and we got we won this competition <laughs> to have a, a pre-show meet and greet okay excellent okay so how okay so. I, I, it lasts for one hour, so I think we're good. So I'm gonna cast disguise self, and uh, and look like uh, one of these sort of younger aristocrats. Amazing! You make yourself, including your clothing, armor, weapons, and other belongings on your person, look different until the spell ends or until you use your action to dismiss it. The changes wrought by this spell fail to hold up to physical inspection. For example, if you use this spell to add a hat to your outfit, objects pass through the hat, and anyone who touches it would feel nothing or would feel your head and hair. <laughs> um, same thing with like a, a changing your height or the number of limbs or etc. Uh, that you have. Uh, to discern that you are disguised, a creature can use its action to inspect your appearance and must succeed on an intelligence investigation check against your spell save DC. 
Awesome. So yeah, so anyone who touches you will be able to know any of the illusory yeah. effects that you've known. Uh, yeah. Cass is luckily not a tall man, mm-hmm. but he is a big man. So uh, he, he makes himself look much thinner. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. if anyone passes by him too close, they'll... they'll, they'll... Right, like a, like a striped shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so are you both casting Disguise Self? Well, I'm trying to... I wonder if we should... I'm I'm almost wondering if I should let you go in this way, and if I should just try to use charm person separately, in case it doesn't work. Yeah, that could be a good backup because with this disguise now, I don't necessarily have to cast charm person. I could just see if this works. You could see if it works, and then I'll come, and then I'll come up if it doesn't work and cast charm person and try to get through with okay. you. All right. Okay, great. Great. So who's up at bat first? Me. All I'm right. Come up and be like, Just because as a warlock, I only have, have very limited spell slots. So I'm like, maybe I'll okay, great. try to be most efficient with it. Okay, great. Um, so with my forged uh, meet and greet, I come up and be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm so excited. Um, so like I won this competition uh, um, uh, top, uh, uh, to um, have a meet and greet, a short meet and greet. With the Soprano pre-show, um, here, I guess like I present this to you. Yeah, uh, he takes this like, uh, uh, I, uh, Roderick, did you meet, meet and greet? Uh, let me see. And he passes the letter over to Roderick. He's like, no one told. It looks official. Uh, and he's gonna like kind of look you up and down uh-huh. a little bit. Uh, so let me go ahead and roll. So that, my like, spell save is uh, fifteen. And it was an investigation check, intelligence. Okay. And hold on, before you roll, uh, let me read my um, my unsettling words because I might want to use that. The creature must subtract the number rolled from the next saving throw before the start of your next turn. So I will use my bonus action to do another unsettling words. Great. So he has to subtract three from his saving throw. What are the unsettling words that you say to uh, throw um, off? Um, as he's um, checking with, was it Roderick? Roderick. I'm like, the soprano wouldn't be pleased if she doesn't get to greet her fans. You can see, like, a, like a, both guards kind of like, <laughs> like shudder uh, uh, as, as they kind of uh, look you up and down. The, the guards, like, kind of, like, looks at him like, this looks official to me. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I can read. Uh, and pass, uh, and it's like, all right, uh, um, Make way, and they they part. Uh, Come on, Bethany. They're they're letting us meet with her now. Oh, you want me to be Bethany? (laughs) I'm I'm just calling out like, come on, come on. Well, shoot, I guess I could be Bethany. Uh, Sure, as that's working, I'll I'll cast Disguise Self, and I'll turn into Bethany. (laughs) Do you want to do it from a hidden place, or you cast the Disguise Self in the the bush? I figure I'm just sort of like peeking from the height behind the bush. Yeah, roll a stealth check. I don't know if that's uh, still hidden enough. Well, maybe I'll see if they can see me from here before I try to disguise myself while openly. Oh, wait, no, you were the one that was... Expertly disguised. Yeah, I you're was. you're fine. Never mind then. Uh, yeah, I'll cast disguise self. Disguise. I'll I'll uh, you know make myself look very similar um, to Casanova with some nice like pigtails coming <laughs> up and just like yeah. You <laughs> see this young like elfin girl in pigtails <laughs> pop up from behind the plants. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we run run up before they can uh, inspect us any further. With a twelve on on his kind of like uh, once over of you, uh, you he, your disguise succeeds. Hell yeah! Uh, and we now have a pigtailed elf. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and what did you say uh, Cass looked like? I think I think he he was a human, uh, like a young human girl. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah two two young uh, younger uh, women are on the other side of the guard uh, line now. Uh, Roderick, the guard, uh, kind of tilts his head over and says, uh, is the soprano will be upstairs and to the left. Uh, you know, just follow it to the end of the hall. Um, and uh, you'll see when you arrive, uh, Claude will be manning, manning the, the chambers of the soprano. Uh, just talk to him and he'll let you through okay. if he can. Okay, Claude. Uh, we'll go see Claude now, thanks. Thanks, Roderick. Yeah, uh, uh, you're really uh, good at your job. Yeah, oh, well, it's just, yeah, no, it's just like the armor, and you're yeah. easy on the eyes too. Stop it! <laughs> Stop he he like blushes and very pointedly like stands at attention <laughs> again. Um, amazing, yeah. Uh, you guys are on the other side of the guard line now. You see that another wave of servants has now come out. Uh, to um, to uh, bring out food and whatnot and replenish what's been lost. One of the musicians uh, in the in the quartet in the string quartet at the bottom there, as you guys are ascending up the stairs, uh, comes to the end of a song and says, "Folks, the soprano will be ready in fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes till the soprano performs. Thank you all for being here at the uh, keep of Count Esther." Uh, I'm gonna turn to Casim. Okay. So I, I'm Bethany, and what what is your name again? Angelica. Angelica. Okay, Angelica. Angelica. Uh-huh. Angelica. Uh-huh. Beth. Angelica. Angelica. Beth. Okay, let's do this. All right. Yeah, wonderful. let's ride. Let's ride this wave. Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful. As you kind of walk towards uh, the Sopranos' chambers, uh, uh, you notice dark orange curtains pulled across tall windows, bathe the second floor corridor in cool shadows. Fresh bouquets of red roses fill the vases that line the hallway. The dulcet tones of an enchanting aria waft to your ears from behind a velvet curtain at the end of the hall. A plate of steaming ribs <laughs> sits on a table to the left of the curtain, untouched. Standing at arthritic attention, an old guard with wiry nose hairs holds his belly and does his best to avoid looking at the plate of tantalizing food that's close to him. What would you all like to do? His name was... What was it? Uh, cor- cor- I thought it started with a D. <laughs> Do- Do- I'm, I'm Angelica. You're Bethany. His name was Dwayne. Dwayne. No, what was it? Car- oh my god! Can I roll a history check to try? It? It, it, this would have been like 30 seconds <laughs> ago. Know. You remember? Uh, it is Claude. 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 I, want, I wanted to see if you Claude. were you, Dwayne. <laughs> Claude. Dwayne, the old god. Dwayne is his brother. Yes. Yes. Claude. Um. Yeah, let's go talk to. Claude. I've, I've never heard of a, a, a singer eating ribs before a show. That's pretty I wild. Maybe they're for after the right. That's a pretty heavy stomach. That's really? probably why. Maybe Claude should just eat them. We should just tell Claude to eat them. Distract Claude with the ribs. Yeah, let's distract Claude with the ribs. Okay, I'm follow your lead. Okay. Um. Hi. Um. <laughs> we, hi, Claude. Right. Uh. Yes. Uh. Yes. Uh, hmm. Um. I believe Roderick said that we could come up. Is um, a relief coming? Um. No. Oh. Um. We won a prize, so we can see the soprano right before she performs uh. and get a signature. Um. So oh we just God, wanted those, to get through. Those ribs smell so they good. Do. I kind of want to. Oh my God. Those aren't for. Those are. 
Uh, yeah, are they for, for us? all are the they guests for prize of the Count Esther and her keep, are privy to all of the delicious food. Okay. Is, uh, 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 well, being made available. Um, I mean, okay. I mean, you should like that. That includes you, right? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 they don't let me sit down, and I, and he, he's like, kind of goes back to attention, and like, um. can hear. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go grab a plate of ribs. Yeah, yeah, ju- yeah, just ribs. And I'm gonna go and like start talking to Claude while eating one of them. <laughs> so, do you? This is like a. Is this a fun job? Uh, it keeps me well employed. Been with the count for thirty uh, years now. Oh, you know what? I grabbed way too many ribs. Oh my god, that's There's, so many ribs. I know, I just, I I forget I'm so dainty. Um, <laughs> I already grabbed them, they really shouldn't go to waste. Do you want this plate of ribs? Go ahead and roll persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, here we go. This is going to be a 14. 14. The guard uh, is looking at you. He's like, I'm sorry, I've been... A man of the keep for 30 years now, and uh, I can't break the very rules that I've uh, set forth for everyone who came after me. I cannot leave my post until I am relieved. Um, We totally get it. We totally get it. We'll leave you alone. Yeah, I can't finish. Is there a table next to him? Like, next to the table? Yeah, yeah, there's like a a vase thing right there. Okay, I'll just set these here then. Um... And we then, need to go, yeah, go say hi real go. quick. And uh, uh, and what business do you have with the? And he's like looking at the ribs every now and then. Like what business do you have with the? Uh, with the? Oh, soprano? we're just we're just here. Uh, we're the prize winners. We're the prize winners. Pri- prize winners. Yeah, we're we get a we get a to see, like behind the scenes, we get to see get the, the soprano before the show. Oh. Hello, mean and greet. we do a mean greet. Mean greet. Where we say hi and then we greet and we, uh, we get a signature. Oh, uh, like we they sign our favorite. Did did Roderick say? W- yeah, Roderick said we were good to Roderick come up here. Do you said, have any? He said to talk to you. He said that you. Um, you know what? Let's go get Roderick, and we'll clear this up. And I pull her like, uh, like behind, well, we're supposed to be in there already behind the curtain. <laughs> Um, because I want to cast Mage Hand on the ribs. Ooh, Ooh yeah, yeah, you're like ducking around like the the, the corner. Yeah, I'll be like, we'll, we'll be right back. We're gonna get Roderick and we're gonna figure this out. Cool, great. I'm gonna we're gonna duck behind the curtains, and I'm gonna wait a, wait a couple of seconds, and then I'm gonna cast. Yeah, yeah. Here Ma- we go. We're going. Where's Roderick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Footsteps get quieter, <laughs> and then I'll ca- and then I'll cast Mage Hand on the ribs to make them sort of like dance in front of him oh dear god and then oh, just like merciful. slowly like you know lead him down the hallway away from his post see if i can try and like now All that right, no one now him. that no one's around see if like he yeah. will give in to the i'm gonna roll a d100 i'm gonna say this has a 25 percent chance of working one in okay. four that's not bad that's fair i'll take fair. i'll take those out if it if it rolls uh between one and 25 uh, we'll count that as as the hit zone. Come on, baby. Okay. Come on. That's a 25! Yes! Oh, my God. Okay, great. Amazing. <laughs> the ribs tantalize, like, under, like, this right under Looney his Tunes nose. This is some shit right here. And he's like, whatever the good 
Count doesn't know won't hurt me. And he just like kind of like takes a big old stack of them, plucks the rib out of the sky uh, and, and like kind of ducks around, uh, like kind of goes down another uh, corridor in the hallway and leaves the curtain uh, unattended. Uh, we'll dash in. Yeah, let's dash in. <laughs> Great, amazing. As you pull back the velvet curtain, the full beauty of the perfect melody hits your ears. Orange firelight casts long shadows in the dark sitting room. On a small wooden stage, the soprano sings as Alessandra watches a hunched figure lift its teeth from the neck of a limp footman. Suddenly, the soprano stops mid-song as Alessandra shoots you a look that burns the back of your neck. Oh, fuck. What would you like to say? Uh, can we get your autograph? <laughs> and that is where we'll end our adventure for tonight. <laughs> Autograph. Oh man. Alrighty, folks. So you just heard our actual play portion of the podcast. So we're gonna go ahead and kind of talk about what we just experienced. Uh, so, uh, Michael, Nick, are there any moments from this encounter that su struck you, stuck out with you, impacted you in a, in a certain way? I will say, even just in building this character, I feel like there are so many more options beyond, like, charm person when you're trying to, like, get through an encounter uh, without using, essentially with, like, charisma-based checks. Mm -hmm. It was fun to explore... Essentially, almost everything but the charm person spell, you yeah. know? and like we talked beforehand about using those kinds of spells as like a last-ditch effort thing, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what we effectively did in that, in that encounter is like we'll try everything that we can mm -hmm. before we just like, you know, we had the backup plan of like if that doesn't work, then we'll use charm person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was honestly the smartest way to go. Yeah, yeah, almost using it more of a, as like a parachute than uh, your like vanguard. Yeah, and I I did feel a bit like um, we followed a bit of a, a less is more philosophy at least as players of like okay let's be what is a realistic lie like what are some things that we can do yeah uh, and we relied a lot on like disguising and the forgery kit came in really yeah. helpful yeah that was, that, 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 was, was that really knocked down a whole <laughs> like that first ring of, of this encounter yeah like, very very well looking at the setup from the get-go it's like okay well the easiest way in would be you know to get an invitation ourselves so let's try that first and if mm -hmm. that didn't work then it's like okay well maybe we sneak around the back and try and like find it back maybe we disguise ourselves as servers or something mm -hmm. so it's like starting with the simplest solution and then mm -hmm. going down the list i feel like that helped us it also helped that it was a small party like just being two of us we were able to yeah. stay on the same page <laughs> and keep like the story straight yeah whereas i can see where a party of four or five or seven people is like <laughs> way harder to yeah keep that yeah because then it's you like, need like then you need like six invitation you know what i mean like yeah. Yes, this yeah. is the invitation for me and my six closest friends. Yeah. I think also, though, that really opens up the possibility of, like... Because in this one, y'all were both the 
the invited guests, right? Yeah. Right. Um, whereas if you do have like a, a more rounded out party of like four or five players, it's like, okay, we have the two nobles and then this is their entourage. These are their valets. These are Ooh, their footmen. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a tendency in uh, parties uh, to, or like in, in like D&D adventuring groups, to like, all right, we're going to bust in and we're going to say we're the king and everyone better like fucking kneel. And we're going to like, which, you know, if that if that's the type of game you like to run, yeah, all power to you. I think there's, and, and obviously if the dice are in your favor too. Right. But there is, it's nice when you can like slow down and be like, okay, there's a hierarchy here. Not all of us have to be the face of this yeah this party and this encounter and this situation. Obviously with two players, it well, slows and, down. And, the I think it also goes to show like, you know, there is a time and a place for murder hoboing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, that can only get you so far. And, and that that can only be so fun mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah. So, like, this sort of social interaction stuff, I think, is so cool because it it requires you as a person to, to actively problem solve. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, well, I'm just going to use my strength yeah. and hope that the... The, the dice roll well it's like no we had to actually like put our heads together and be like all right let's solve this puzzle that diego's created for us yeah and like i just want to pat myself on the back <laughs> because the i love the the way that this character is built because for my bard spells i stocked all non uh, attack spells mm-hmm. so like nice. charm person disguise self sleep identify detect thoughts gift of gab you know, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to have any sort of like um, uh, fighting encounter, but if we did, like, let's say we kept going, we had mm. to like fight the soprano or something. Um, I have my sneak attack as a rogue, yeah. So that's still like one d eight plus two d six plus two yeah. damage that I'm dealing. So it's like it's it's a really well balanced like you can use your spells for social <laughs> interaction, yeah. And then you can use your your sneak attack for for fighting. Yeah, and you're yeah. you're multi-classing, right? Rogue. Yeah, five levels of of bard, three levels of rogue. Right. Very cool. Yeah, Very and these cool. were level eight characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That I think that uh, being able to like stack your spells, and obviously like within the context of like the way we run our experiments, right? You know, you're not you didn't come in like with spell slots already taken, or mm-hmm. like you kind of know you can go all out in this like one off. Yeah. But but even like. You know, because I, I, I've played a druid mostly. Druids are kind of utility characters, and so there is that balance of, like, there's utility spells and yeah. then there's attack spells. Their way in might be, I'll turn into a mouse. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And sneak in. But I feel like I always want to save my spells for, you know, if we get into an, an encounter. Into com- combat, yeah. uh, Into combat, because, like, you know, uh, druids aren't really effective. Just, like with a scimitar or whatever. Right. Um, so ha- feeling that freedom to be like, I can use these spells for any social encounter. Yeah. Um, to use gift of gab to like, yeah, you know, do those things. That was really cool. That the that's gift from of gab one was really fun. Yeah. I love the like orator, like what is it? Like the orator subclass or whatever it is from. Uh, it's, yeah. It's well for, for me, it's the, the bard of, uh, is the school of eloquence. School of eloquence. That's what it is. Um, that's awesome. I yeah. think that's really, really cool. That's a really strong build for this, this yeah. scenario too. I think what's fun about having this be, you know, like a standalone bit piece, you know, it makes me think of like, okay, well maybe we would have had ties to get in, you know, as nobles, but also it's an opportunity to like split the party. And maybe some people would know how to get work in the kitchens or how to mm-hmm. get work as a guard. Like if you have a fighter, 
in your group who used to be a soldier, maybe he can as get two or three of you yeah. in as guards. Yeah. And then you've got a whole team. It's working. a full Ocean's Eleven yeah. situation. And then you're in a full like heist scenario. Yeah. Especially like with something like this where it could be like, you know, this is happening. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the week, you have a week to prepare, scope out the place. Yeah. Yeah. But heist I think episode coming soon. Sometimes I feel like with maybe. with these sort of situations, what uh, it can get really granular and I appreciate us being able to kind of move through and do like one or two checks and be like, okay, like I know in the past I played where it's like, Oh, you want to cast a spell on somebody? Well, you have to make a stealth check first to make sure they don't like mm-hmm. even notice you casting the spell. Mm-hmm. And then it's got to work. And then you've got to make sure like nobody else notices. So it's mm-hmm. like multiple levels of checks to make sure like one thing works. Yes. And that can be, I think from a realism standpoint, I understand DMs doing that. And I think maybe adding some of that risk is is good. But sometimes I felt where it's like, man, why am I even trying? Because mm-hmm. it's just like there's so many little granular things that can. And I think failure in one specific scenario doesn't mean overall yes. failure. <clears throat> yes. Like we tried to get in with the guards the guards were like i'm so sorry like you know there's there's no and even if i hadn't done gift of gab there i think there was still opportunity for us to try something different yeah or try a different course of action elsewhere in the in the, yes. in the hall um instead of like i feel like a lot of times dms escalate too quickly yeah to be like well now this guard is going to follow you around or whatever you know right to make it seem like you have to yeah escalate the situation to to a, a degree of like entering combat or something. Yeah. And I feel like you also in setting up the scenario provided just enough uh, seeds of like, these are the sort of options you can take without um, like railroading it. So that's like, well, obviously we have to take this course of action. It's like, no, we had like a bunch of options of how we could handle this situation mm-hmm. in the design of this encounter. Um, Michael, I, I really appreciate what you said about uh, things getting too granular. Um, Cause I, I looked into it a lot. Like, cause I knew there was going to be like, obviously charm person was kind of like the go-to spell that you think of when you're trying to charm somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking through it. Cause I was like, Oh, like does someone know if the spell fails? Do they know that you tried to cast it because the spell says that, you know, after it's been cast. And like, I went into like RPG, like stack <laughs> exchange and everything, read uh-huh. what the nerd historians and, and yeah. uh, said, and it was, it, it like really helped me like become familiar with the types of spells that were going to be used. Like, for example, like disguise self casting that spell. That's not like, you know, and then lightning strikes you and you disguise yourself. It is like a more concealed spell. There are some spells where all you need to do to cast a spell is talk to somebody. And then that doesn't become obvious. Obviously, if you're trying to cast um, like a fireball or something or a spell that has an explicit descriptive effect, whereas some of these other ones that are are meant for social encounters, like if you try to cast Charm Person in the middle of a fight, like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, not yeah. only is it a disadvantage, but as soon as one of your friends hits it, it's it's gonna, it's, you know, the spell wears off and also it's they're just charmed by you, not right. by charmed by the entire yeah. party. So it's, there, the, there are spells built into the game that are meant for these types of social uh, uh, encounters where they don't um, give away like you know, your cover in a certain way. Yeah. In a similar way, trying to cast some spells in like a sneaky way, like, you know, trying to like, then if you're not a warlock, you're stepping on a lot of the warlock traits, right? Cause 
is it no and it's not warlocks it's um sorcerers they get a subtle spell oh mm. yeah yeah and so if you are just letting your wizard you know be able to cast, cast fireball stealthily, stealthily yeah. then you're completely stepping on a right. whole class feature that's built into the balance of the greater game yeah um so it, so i was really trying to like know make myself familiar with all of that when i came into planning this so that i would know what um spells would trigger like a bigger reaction right if like guards see like someone casting fireball in the middle it's like oh shit there's someone attacking the party when we talked about the forgery mm -hmm. i was like oh that's actually like a thing that my subclass of rogue specifically is good at because i don't think i have it yet but if i were to level up the mastermind they can do insight checks on the written word mm. um which when i read that i was like oh that's interesting i never thought that that would be something that you couldn't do as a regular as a as a different kind of player character mm -hmm. yeah. but like a mastermind rogue can do it can Maybe it's like with advantage or something. They can do insight checks on like letters and stuff. Interesting. That's um, really cool. Yeah. So you can, you can like see if they're being deceptive or, or something through the written word. That's wild. Yeah. I also appreciated what you said, Nick, about couching failures so that they don't accelerate too, too quickly. Uh, in, in the design of this, I basically came up with like three rings that you have to kind of work your way inwards uh -huh. um, as you're going through. Obviously, the first ring is like getting past the front door. And I had, obviously, the front door was the one option. Um, there was also, you, there, I had also planned out a whole thing about going in through the back and trying to do it through, like, the, the house staff, mm -hmm. like, side of things. So there's, like, a whole, like, kitchen part of this that we didn't get to see because we didn't need to see it. And, yeah. <clears throat> Um, Casanova would never degrade himself. <laughs> <like that. laughs> but yeah, I think that that's really important for something like this. Like it, it kind of harkens back to our fantasy CSI episode. Just because you don't, you fail the skill check to know one thing, it shouldn't block like block you off of the entire rest right. of the scenario and the encounter. Right. Yeah, and I feel like like having it sort. of work where you know if you have a series of failures then it gets like exactly heated up but also if you have a series of successes sort of like we've talked with like skills trees or like uh checks before where it's like you do five checks if you get three successes out of five mm -hmm. then like the party's able to move forward so it's sort of mm -hmm. and i think it exists in that world of like there's some ebb and flow mm -hmm. and, um, and and i think with the way that we approached it it didn't feel like we were just doing persuasion checks over and over yes. and over again. That yeah. was something I really wanted to avoid. Too. Yeah. yeah. So like each interaction felt like it had a, a unique way in which we had to like, you know, you had the, the guard who was clearly hungry as fuck and yeah. wanted those ribs or you had the, like the carriages that we had to figure out a way to, to, to get their invitations and stuff. And it, it, it didn't feel like we, the whole time we just had to either be deceiving or persuading yeah, mm -hmm. and that we could use other tools. There's almost a sense of, I feel like earning the persuasion check <laughs> yeah. is the feeling I had yeah. at least of like presenting an argument. Mm -hmm. And that way, that way, if the argument failed, then it wasn't like our ability to get through isn't gone. Mm -hmm. It's just that argument failed. Yeah. And now we can approach it differently, but we aren't like caught cut off from that as an option entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because like I, I've heard people talk about this before where like strength and dexterity and constitution, like those are things that um, are reflected in your modifiers, but things like intelligence, wisdom and charisma are things that, 
they're reflected in your modifiers, but you also have to like, as a person, bring that to the table. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're like, I'm trying to charm my way. Okay. Well, how are you charming? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. The dice say I am. I am. Yeah. Um, and I think but having like these spells and, and, and like knowing like, okay, well I have gift of gab. So if I fully fuck up, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Or like, Oh, I have zone of truth or, Oh, I have detect thoughts. Like, yeah, you know, I can, I can maneuver my way using the actual mm-hmm. uh, components of the game mm-hmm. in a similar way to like, Oh, I'm using my broadsword or, Oh, oh I'm using my strength to solve this issue. Yeah. I think that's why like spellcasters, especially you need to be really familiar with what your spells can and can't do. And obviously it's like easier to do when you're like, you know, mm-hmm. have one character from level one to level eight. And especially since yeah. you know, obviously y'all have experience with D and D before, but even then, like, I feel like y'all had a very good command of like what you, what you brought to the table. Yeah. I definitely prepped this character a lot. Cause I was like, I need to know all of these spells, <laughs> especially with like the ones that it's like mind controly type yeah. stuff. It like, right. it's very particular about, well, about the, what the requirements. It's helpful that you did a lot of background information too and I, I guess it also depends sort of on your philosophy as a dm i know when i dm i tend to be a bit looser with the like the strict rules and more it's like okay this is the spell that i think can let me do what i want to do this is what i want to do do you agree like will you as the <laughs> dm let that be mm-hmm. the effect you know because even with like um uh the spell that i cast what was it out of the hat i was like oh i do have to engage them in conversation but if I can just sort of, you know, more casually be like, oh, yeah, I've got to speak to you. Oh, what is their name again? Like that way of bringing it up, you know, maybe was a, a bit of a no, I dodge. Think, of I how think that was actually written, but no, I think that's exactly right, because it says that uh, that spell as written, which is, again, it comes from the Underground Oracle uh, publishing uh, folks. Yeah, uh, it, I, just, I saw it. I was like, oh, I got to steal that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so good. But I think there are always ways to as a DM if a player is like, I want to do this thing and they don't, you know, maybe their spell doesn't specifically say that, or, you know, there's always ways to like make an arcana check. Yeah. yeah. You're able to bend the spell to do, you yeah. know, exactly what you At want to do. At the end of the day, or, you're the DM. It's right. You table your rules. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I was curious about, was there any um, like encounter with within this uh, scenario where you felt like, uh, some it was either unearned that you got through, or it was too hard, or uh, anything that felt like incongruous with like the the reality of the of the situation. There was only one thing that I like clocked that I was like, oh, I need to pay attention to that. That didn't come back, which was the the two men who checked our invitations, who were like dressed in all black, mm-hmm. and you said something about like they had like scarred flesh or something, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, pay attention to that. That's important. And then, obviously, if we were to continue playing, I think it would come back. But um, I was like, oh, is there some sort of, like, attack that's, like, about to happen? Or, like, there's some sort of, like, sabotage going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then they just let us in. I was like, okay, all right. Well. Yeah. Maybe the first door was the only door we got through just with, like, we pretty much just succeeded right. through the first yeah. gate. And then with the guards and the final guard... Um, there was more of the back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, like as a player is, is what is fun is that struggle of, okay, this didn't work. What, what else can we try? It did help that again, we were a bit more rest- like we didn't go so big 
right. that any yeah. like that now we're just getting arrested you know yeah there was a there was a point where we were trying to get past the guards to go upstairs yeah and i was like well i have sleep i was like i could probably like put a couple of if i cast it at a third level maybe put them yeah. i don't know how many there were but i was yeah. like yeah but then people are just seeing guards just pass out and it's probably yeah. not it's probably gonna <laughs> Probably gonna go back. alert them more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, but I also think there was like this balance of like yes ending of like oh you did get through okay now I'll transform and mm-hmm. and get through like playing that so yeah I think we got through very well because we also both built characters designed for this type of yes. encounter and I'm curious like where would your your barbarian uncharismatic yeah. druid live in this world or mm-hmm. and and i think that's where it becomes really easy to split the party because yeah. i mean that's the same thing when you're doing like a stealth mm-hmm. encounter it's like well the rogue's gonna go in and maybe the ranger who's also stealthy mm-hmm. pass without trace pass without so, trace. yeah someone else is gonna man the door and you do tend to i feel like spread out just because it's like they're never gonna let you in you know right the, yeah. yeah the barbarian yeah, if you, if you were like, like a real hard-ass dm when I presented the, you know, the meet and greet, you mm-hmm. could have been like, well, you you have the meet and greet. This person didn't show yeah. me a meet and greet right. thing and, like, made him find a different way to go up. It, it just depends on, like, how yeah. how yeah. difficult, uh, how hard-ass you want to be. Yeah. I was really uh, relying on a lot of my experience as, like, a server. Uh, <laughs> like, I used to work at IHOP. Uh, yeah. What would I agree to? Do fresh and, <laughs> and, yeah, it's like... Someone fucking hands me a coupon, says it's going to be like, oh, you get a free stack of pancakes. It's like, I don't know about this coupon, but whatever. I I, I can do it. Yeah. Like some, there is, it's fun kind of thinking about like, that's kind of where the the reality of the situation and the the kind of the fun of yeah. the fantasy game kind of have to like come and become brackish <laughs> yeah. water. Yeah. Um, well, and I feel like it, it depends also on the type of game you're playing. Like again, picturing a DM and their party. How serious are you? Because like, I've like that moment of us getting through the final door because you mage handed <laughs> a plate of ribs. <laughs> Is excellent. Like that is such like fun, rich story that uh-huh. like as a party I'm gonna remember. Like that's mm-hmm. hilarious. But again, if you're playing like a more realistic campaign, I can see a DM going, No. Yeah, or he's you, gonna you smash bug, the plate and like freak it. out. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, well, we went a little more cartoony and right. that's what, what we wanted to do. I will say though, it was in in keeping with what was presented in the scenario too, because the castle has floating champagne bottles yeah, that pour true. themselves. So this mm-hmm. isn't that's true. This is a guard that would be familiar with these right. with things with floating. these types of things. I, I I really tried to steep that like think about how the fantasy part is gonna like yeah. how does that change a party? How does that change a serving staff? Mm-hmm. How does that change the way that people see a floating pie or a floating yeah. or whatever. We sort of got into that too with the CSI episode too mm-hmm. of like, well, in this world, magic is real. So you are thinking about like how magic would affect yeah. people's perception. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same thing here too. Floating plate. That's not that weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it means that I, sh- I should eat it. Because yeah. it's my reward. Yeah. In, in my head, there was like, I mean, there are like kitchen staff here who are specifically trained to like cast unseen servants and oh, have like and help uh, uh, bring these things to life. Uh, yeah. I, I I am curious. Uh, what did y'all think of that ending? 
Oh, I want to keep playing. Like it I, was yeah. so good. I, I love. I mean, it's a perfect button, but also perfect like, button. Let's go. I know, I like, ah, <laughs> we my, still gotta get our, our signature. <laughs> I don't ever get to like say uh, like talk these things through in my normal games, but yeah, I had like a whole kitchen thing. What did y'all get from like that ending? Like, what what did it tell you about where the story was going? I feel like uh, our soprano was the one who was feasting right no she was singing oh there was another hunched figure being watched by the soprano and by alessandra who was doing the feeding oh okay yeah i think it's the the who was the name what was the name of the person presenting like the how the um the court of count uh, esther count esther yeah yeah i, I thought it was maybe count esther is like his private show or something but, yeah uh, i got like it, i got it like seemed, yeah like there was a, a Something very like weird and almost like vampiric, yes, maybe yes. was the vibe that I was going for. It was like, oh, if, they're like sucking energy out of this. If entity. y'all had gone through the kitchen, you would have seen uh just like kind of in the background a bunch of kobolds who spilled a cask of uh thick red wine. <laughs> uh bakers, ah! whatever per, 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 uh perfecting red velvet soufflés. Ah. Uh so I was trying. I, I was trying to kind of like. So was that the person? The person in black and, with the like scarring was that involved with? So the, the, the in my head it was. So there's the the soprano who tours with an entourage around the region, and she's been invited into Count Esther's thing, and uh-huh. that her whole entourage is a cover for her vampire master. Yeah. To come through and feed. So Alessandra is just a human working for. Oh she's just like God. she's just the, the like Guillermo in what we do in yeah, the shadows. Yeah, she yeah. just uh, no, makes things familiar. happen. She hires like security guards. Right. And, and then that thing I was thinking like you know bouncers usually look, like, totally, have totally. been in a uh, scrap or two. So it made sense to just dress those like yeah. flavor those characters as uh, a little that bit. That was hardier. so cool. I loved that. It was such a good like. Twist and um, yeah, that's what's so much fun about playing this and being like, okay, immediately pulling back the curtain and going like, what would have happened if like, what would have the challenges been if we'd gone through the kitchens as opposed to the guards that we went mm-hmm. through? Like, was there a like a head chef or servant that would have <laughs> like spotted us out yeah, or like a nosy butler? Yeah. Or something. Uh, I'm curious if you had like specific challenges like that yeah. in mind. It, it, for kitchen stuff, it would have been mainly. Uh, so I really only fleshed out the main entrance, the back entrance, the kitchen, the dance hall, and then uh, the area in front of the green room. Okay. And, uh, then that last little descriptor nice. in the in the kitchen, you would have ha- uh, encountered Chef Saram, who is like kind of a perfectionist ma- micromanager type chef. Mm. And his whole thing was like th- the challenge in that room would have been he tastes every single thing that leaves his kitchen. Oh. So if you're trying to go through as a survey, you're going to have to pick up a plate of food. Hope he likes the food you picked. Right. And like go up or and, and you know, I had like in it, in there that, you know, there might be a chance that. You know, if you, you pick a twenty five percent chance that he doesn't like the thing that you make, and he, now you're gonna have to cook it, and he's gonna watch you, <laughs> and so that becomes a whole other oh, thing. Man. So I like I like the concept of like a failure making the challenge harder rather than like you failed, get out of my get kitchen, out. you're gone. Yeah. It's just like no, now you're gonna do it again, and you're gonna do it until you get these pigeon wings right or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the squab um, that me, is. I think really that was pretty fun. much it. Yeah, and and in terms of like getting into, if you had gone in through the kitchen, you would have also had a little bit more familiarity with Alessandra, because okay. uh, she's yeah. in my head. She was kind of like orchestrating everything, making sure that you know the the 
the Sopranos food and everything was getting delivered for the entourage that everything is in place for the performance yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. I was definitely bummed that I couldn't, that I didn't think in time to cast detect thoughts on her. Cause I was like, she's got some stuff. Uh-huh. She knows some things that would be cool to know. Yeah. I, I was just thinking in terms of this build that I created, um, one of the downsides, if anyone's interested in, in making this kind of character is it's kind of like a bonus action overload. Cause I was really, right. I realized other than, so I have for the bard, I have that unsettling words thing, which I used twice. I have bardic inspiration, obviously, which I never used to like give you bardic. Um, and then as the rogue, I have cunning action, which I can mm. use to, you know, dash, disengage, hide. And then master of tactics, which is a mastermind thing where you can give the help action as yeah. a bonus action. That's bonus cool. action help at, at, at distance too, at 30, at up a distance, to 30 yeah, feet, 30 feet. which is fun. 30. I used uh, the rogue mastermind to uh, build a pirate character because I pictured him like as the captain of a ship oh, yelling nice. out. Like, yeah, yeah, giving out like orders and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and giving That's bonus nice. action on like... Which like those are all really dope things, but they're stuff. all bonus actions. Yeah, so it's right. like you can only use one per turn, Yeah, which is kind of a bummer, but... It's kind of an embarrassment of riches. Not, is there a limit to what was what's the ability that allows you to lower their checks? It's basically you expend a bardic inspiration die. So I uh, okay at this level I have four bardics that I can give out, and I used two of them for that. Um, nice unsettling words, which is I, I really like the way yeah. that you were like, what what unsettling words do you say <laughs> to creep out these guards? That's so fun. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. Uh, well, if the, uh, any any last thoughts. On this, I think I don't know. It's re- just really fun to play like a character designed to succeed in this, mm-hmm. and still like there's still that struggle. But just to see what else is in a player's handbook uh, that allows you to manipulate social situations. Yeah, I think if you're a DM listening, I would definitely encourage you to try like building these kinds of encounters where mm. violence probably won't get what you need. Yeah. Um, Especially if you are, you know, like we're all actors, so we love role playing. But like yeah. if you're playing with a party of people who don't really engage in the role play side of it to build that role play into an encounter where you're like you're actively trying to get something, mm-hmm. um, I think is a cool way to get them engaged without just like having another fight. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my my tip for any any DMs or players listening uh, for DMs, uh, if you're coming up with like guards, just like thinking of like what their specific orders were really helped. Like when I was like trying to decide the DC for different mm. checks and whatnot, and, oh, like, nice. like, kind of the reality of whatnot. So like you know for like Claude at the end example, it was like he was like I can't leave until like I get relieved. Right. Uh, but y'all managed to overcome that through like the reasonable experiences that he was he was having. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think that's helpful too of like, well, what are people looking for? Like the two guards, uh, Rorick and the other guard, or was it Rorick or? Roderick. Roderick and the other guard, like other people have been coming up to them trying to get through. Mm -hmm. So they're probably going to be, they're not going to fall for anything you come up with, you know? But yeah, but also not being like, oh, I see you and I'm immediately like suspicious. Yeah. Which I think can sometimes be like, how do we... How do we not appear? I mean, I mean, we also blend in as a noble and a performer. We're like, yeah, we know how to blend in. Right. But again, if you're a druid and you're like, are these leaves right for the situation <laughs> of the ceremony? It's like, uh, no, you should have, you know, it's too yeah. late, you yeah. know? Awesome. Well, I guess then the only question I have from here is, 
Uh, charming your way in. Loot it or boot it. Loot it. Put it in your game. Boot it. Get the, the hell out of here. Loot it. Loot it. I think loot this it. is so much fun. If you can get it into your games, like these types of encounters, yeah. definitely add them in. Especially the way with this one was structured too. Like if you had like a, a barbarian who's just been kind of like mutely getting dragged through this. <laughs> yeah. Now they have like a moment at the end where it's like, okay, great. Yeah. I had this slow burn. It's, it's Hulkin time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a good opportunity even for your, I mean, even rogues are usually have a decent charisma yeah. or, you know, let, let those other sides of the, the skill tree um, flourish. Yeah. So. And let those players shine too. Yeah. No one, no one to step forward and one to step back. Yeah. Well, right. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks um, for having me. I was going to ask you, do you have any suggestions for maybe new players or players building characters for the first time or just like any suggestion about like, like how, advice? Yeah. What, how to make a and d game rewarding and fun. Yeah. I mean, I think um, giving your character a strong reason to be adventuring mm -hmm. Um I know playing the lone wolf is always enticing, but like it is a collaborative game. So having like a reason to work together mm -hmm. and um, you know, you don't have to min max your character. You don't have to like create the perfect, perfectly statted out character. As mm -hmm. long as it's like a character that you enjoy playing yes, and plays yeah. to your skill set. Well, and as we experienced in this encounter, even a broken player <laughs> doesn't uh, always doesn't succeed. Always work. So you can still roll in that one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, have fun with it. Yeah. 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 Anything, <laughs> anything you want to plug, Nick? Um, follow my uh, Instagram at the bare naked pole. Um, yeah. I make pierogi. And, They're fantastic. Um, yes, I we we've even made vegan pierogi for know. people like They're Michael. They're so good. Um, and we are for the holiday season. We're going to be. I don't know when this is going to come out, but um, should be before December. Okay, great. Yeah, or we're going to be we're going to be selling bags of pierogi all throughout the holiday season. So mm -hmm. uh, follow us on there to get info on how to get your hands on my amazing pierogi. We'll make sure to have links to that in the description down below. For sure. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I loved Callie Himbro and Cass A. Nova. <laughs> uh, they, they had a lot of fun together. I hope yeah, they I hope uh, we, team I hope, up again. Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. And with that, we'll see you all next time. Bust you later. Thanks for scrolling into this episode of Dungeon Busters. Did you get inspiration from today's experiment? Then consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Did we miss something? Would you have done it differently? Let us know on social media at Dungeon Busters Pod. That's D-N-G-N Busters Pod. You can follow me on socials at Michael underscore C underscore Hyatt. And you can find me, Diego, on my website, foreverdm.xyz. Thank you to Peter Gertes for our cover art. Our intro music is by Artle Music. Produced and edited by Michael C. Hyatt and Diego F. Salinas.